And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast. I'm Mickey Brown and as always I'm joined by uh, the three lads. We've got David Rissman, we've got Brian Kelly and we've got Kieran Flynn. It's a lovely May Sunday evening and uh, it's uh, back to, I suppose, the All-Ireland series has started and started in Leinster with the Leinster Championship and uh, there's been hurling games, there's been football games and uh, it's... Uh, it's not been a bad week for me, uh, considering that they had to play awfully in the minor and they had to play them in the senior Leinster uh, Championship, and we will be coming back to that. We will be uh, looking back at the Mead Miners, as I said, the Christie Ring that took place today. We'll have a look at the Club Hurling and Mead as well, a quick look at that. Um, the Leinster Championship, obviously, with Mead and Offaly that took place this afternoon. We might give uh, the results from uh, the Ladies Club Championship that took place in the senior uh, this week as well. And we will have exclusive interviews with Andy McEntee and Mickey Newman. So I suppose, lads, um, we might start with uh, Mead Miners, Brian Kelly. Uh, played awfully last Wednesday evening. Low-scoring affair, um, it has to be said, Brian. Um, conditions were tough, but Mead came away with a three-point victory. I think it was eight points to five last uh, Wednesday in Park Tolja. Yeah, it was a very difficult game for the players Conditions were poor. Offaly were quite defensive-minded. They got a lot of bodies back behind the ball. Now, early on, Mead kicked three points in the first ten minutes, and you thought like, they'd push on, on a bit. Yeah. But they kicked a few wides, and you could see the confidence maybe beginning to go a bit, and the players and Offaly getting a little bit resurgent at that stage. I didn't score again for the entire half, I think. And it just you could see the crowd were getting edgy. It, was just, it wasn't a great atmosphere for the players to be playing in either. And, then and the conditions were horrendous. Just start the second half, there was a downpour. Yeah. And it was like a bar, a bar soap to football. Like it was very hard for the players. But credit to Davy Bell in particular in the second half. He stepped up, showed great leadership. I think he landed three points, maybe four in the second half. Like when they were badly needed. He's the player that was there last year. If people remember, <coughs> he rescued me to win against Offaly and Navin last year on a roasting hot day. Mm-hmm. On a dirty, wet Wednesday, he did it again this year. <laughs> shows so, he's got he's multi talented. He can do it in the good weather, and he can do it in the bad weather. Yeah, and it's it shows great leadership. Like yeah. on a night when everything is going wrong for a team in many aspects, he he stood up, he took the ball by the horns, and he said, "We're going to win this game, and I'm going to make sure we win this game." The two Simonson players uh, as well, Josh Carlin and um, uh, Aaron Chinchia. Which we have to remember yeah. is how we pronounce it. It's Aaron Chinchia. Every, every day is a school day. Yeah, every, absolutely. And I'm delighted that we can pronounce it properly now uh, on the podcast. But both of the Simonson lads stood out as well, played well. 
last Wednesday night. They did. Like Josh was the main man at midfield. He got a, won a huge amount of ball, used it well. Like he's very economical in, in possession. Very rarely does he give it away. He's really the type of player you want in the middle third. Down the line, you can see him making a really effective wing back. Um, Aaron, he plays in a defensive role, which he's a centre forward for his club, and he's a really good forward. Um, but it just shows the versatility that the chap has. He can drop back into defence, play a cover and sweeping role in defence, and do it really well. Yeah, like it's a huge credit to him that he. He's just as good playing that role as he is at club level when he's a dominant forward. It's a good victory for Mead. Um, uh, Dublin played as well last Wednesday night against Wexford, was it? Dublin played Wexford and beat Wexford. Not by a huge margin now, so when Wexford come to Navan on Wednesday night, they're gonna need, Mead are going to need a big support to get behind them. All the adult games, with the exception of one this week, are on Tuesday and Thursday, so the calendar is free. We're looking for a huge Mead support to come into Navan to get behind the players. They've put in a huge amount of work to get to this stage. They deserve a big meet support, and we're hoping that the way the way it's left it is is that Dublin are on top of the uh, the table, Meader in second, and if Mead beat Wexford uh, next when this Wednesday night um, in Park Tolchin at seven o'clock, if Mead beat Wexford, they go into second clear, and uh, both teams will qualify. Is that the way it works? Uh, not quite. It's a little bit more muddy than that. If Offaly win against Dublin, yes. and we beat Wexford, that's both teams are on two points, or on four points, but Mead will have the head-to-head against Offaly. If, if everybody's on four points, ah, okay, score yeah, difference would come into it. Okay, yeah. So all we can do is do look our after job. our own end of it. You'd so expect Dublin to beat Offaly, though, next Wednesday night. You would. Yeah. You'd expect it, but look, it's football. We A lot of Mead people come into Navan today expecting Mead to win by seven or eight or ten points. Don't be it doesn't, it, don't it be doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What people expect, like you have to just look after always. your own thing, do your own job, and I've no doubt if the team do their own job and win, that they'll, even if it does come down to score difference, that they'll have enough done. Yeah, so that's uh, Mead taking on Wexford this Wednesday night in Park Tolchin at seven o'clock. Um, with a chance to get through to the Leinster semi-final um, quarter-final quarter-final sorry um, we're going to move on now to uh, the Christy Ring uh, the Mead Hurlers were out this, this afternoon at 1pm in Park Dolchin it was the curtain raiser to the Leinster Championship uh, clash of Mead and Offaly but uh, we spoke about this last week Kieran, and uh, Mead struggled to get over London in the league um, it was a tight enough affair in the league but uh, came out com- comprehensive winners today Absolutely, the very impressive result, 223 to 13 points. Uh, pretty much everything went well for me today compared to the very poor weather we had to witness and trim that day for the league. This was small ball in the hard ground. Like, what more do you want for Hurland Championship? Like, uh, everything me touched went to goal. Like, from the, when Eamon Dunnick scored the first goal and then Dougie got the second goal, they really were just flying. Like, the two wing backs, James Kelly and Shane Mad Dog, Brendan from Clemesson, must have won a bit. 500 puckouts between them, I'd say. Right, there was a count, yeah, but at least 500 puckouts. It's a poor return of <laughs> two, 223 from yeah. 500 puckouts. <laughs> but it just, because someone remarked, Shane Brennan was out winning three puckouts in a row on the half back line. And someone said, Why do they keep hitting out to him? And then someone said, That's because James Kelly was scoring three points in the other wing. So, you know, like, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he yeah. didn't really have much option for the poor London goalie. Everything, everything made touch went to goal. Like, it was very good, impressive victory. Like, so. And when this was all happening, there was league hurling on at the weekend as well in the clubs, just to run through the results very quickly. The the Kildaki bet, uh, Kildaki club bet St Peter's and Boyne twenty to ten. 
trim bet long or sorry, retort bet trim one eighteen to three thirteen. Kiltail had a big victory three twenty two to long with one seven. Klein and Clemesson drew three twelve to two fifteen. Boars Mill had a convincing win six seventeen to O'Mahony's ten points. Blackhall Gales bet Dundry one seventeen to one thirteen. Nafina Beckelskier Mile at two twenty three to two eleven. And lastly Ratmaline bet Gail Column Kill one sixteen to one eleven. We do. There's a bit of an interesting story though from the Christie Ring today. There was well, there was just, a problem with, just just uh, on the club hurling there. Um, when yeah. were those games played? Just at the weekend there. Just at the weekend. Yeah. Would that be without county players? It has Pretty to much. Be, yeah, without the twenty six lads. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Right. So yes. well, there's, there's thirty six in the hurling panel, so I'm, I, I'd say the vast majority didn't play for their clubs. Now I don't think any of them, to be honest. Right. Right. So that's that's an interesting one that they played. Uh, like some of the clubs are obviously worse off than others, and you can tell that from exactly. The results, yeah, you can see that from the results. But you, you had a story. So just an interesting one we, we found out today that London uh, didn't have their spare hurleys. They got trapped at customs or whatever, and we were only we were well, hopefully joking that we might have stepped in the wrong. One of the lads on the county board, Frank Logley, works works in the airport. And we were slagging him, saying that he did a good he did a good shift for us. <laughs> like you know, like he commandeered them as. as Thinking someone else said, "Baby, is this the ailments now? Brexit coming down the line? You just can't get your hurls through the customs anymore. Deadly weapons, you know." Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, weapons of mass destruction. They can be when you're coming into Mead hurling. Um, but uh, so Mead uh, now take on Kildare uh, next yeah, Saturday Newbridge. in in, in, in Newbridge. They, uh, they're the defending champions of the Christian Ring, and they actually they lost to us common today. Who came up? They won the Division Two B League, so. Kildare are the defending champions the of the Ring. Because of the way they would change the formats, they didn't get promoted. They didn't get promoted, is right, last year. So And we're coming bet them by two points today. So we can effectively knock out the holders next week if we beat them. And that's next Saturday at 3pm in yeah. Newbridge. And uh, is there any way that we'll be able to block their hurlies from getting to the pitch next week? Well, I say we could do a good job actually and I'm not going to give away any plans you know because this will go out before that game so you never know what could happen with these look hurlers. it's a really convincing win and we're delighted uh, to see uh, Mead Hurlers back to winning ways uh, they did play in the Joe McDonald Cup last year got relegated back down to the Christie Ring and have started off the year brightly so uh, we're going to move on um, we're going to move on to the main event now um, it was the Leinster Championship um, taking place in Park Tolchin at 3pm today and it was Mead against Offaly and uh, Mead coming away with a two-point victory, one goal and 13 to Offaly's 14 points. David Rispin, we spoke about this on the podcast last week. Um, Mead footballers were, uh, you know, they were on a heightened to nothing really here today. Like, you know, they were going out against Offaly, expected to beat Offaly, and, you know, had they won by 20 points, they were supposed to win by 20 points because they're a better team than them. But if they only won by a small margin, they should have won by 20 points. They came away with the small margin victory, but if you look at the results, I suppose, in the last two days um, throughout the, the, um, the country, it's first round of championship, it's first round of provincial championships, and there are shocks. And you look at our last two years, you look at, we, we lost to Longford in, in, in Longford last year in the first round of the championship. Um, and we just didn't seem to have an answer to, for them last year. The year beforehand, we beat Loud well in the first game and then got hammered by Kildare in, in, in the quarterfinal of the Leinster. So it's, it's, it's not a surprise that Offaly were, were up for this game today. That, that's what I make of it. No, I suppose it's not, and and like we were probably all victims of um, 
you know, thinking that, that Mead would turn them over. I won't say easily, but more comfortably than, than it actually turned out. Mm-hmm. But I suppose, as you as you already mentioned, the results yesterday were a real eye-opener for the likes of me going into today that the Division 4 teams like Limerick, for example, was, was just one I'd pick, beating Tipperary. Limerick finished second bottom from Division 4. Yeah. And um, comprehensively bet Tipperary yesterday evening. So... That, that was probably a real uh, shock to the system going into today and it, and it probably was a harsh realisation for Mead fans going in that it was never going to really be easy today and you know from early on I think we all we all realised kind of what a battle it would be uh, despite the little burst we had before half time you know credit awfully they kept they kept at their you know they had a game plan and, and they stuck to it and um, it started to pay dividend for them and they were never going to come down, and I said this to Mickey Newman, which which we'll hear in the interview in a bit. But um, they were never going to come down and just roll over for us. You know, they were always going to come down as, you know, John Mohan is a, is a proud Mayo man, but he's a proud GA man, and he was never going to come down and just kind of, you know, let me, you know, walk walk over awfully. And um, so it turned out. But as you said, something that we fell victim of in previous years is actually not coming out of the first round with a win. Uh, and as you said, very rarely. <coughs> You know, you do come out with a win, and as Mickey said to me, he was actually off, off air, off the interview. He says, "Look at," he says, "we could have won by ten or twelve points today and got nothing out of it. We were actually in a real battle." Yeah, and and they'll learn a lot more from today than they would have done had they actually thumped off me today. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose, uh, Kieran Flynn, the weight of expectation as well going into the first round of the championship when you go in as heavy favourites. You know, I think the, there was some places saying twelve to one on. For me, uh, for me, do you know, like so, that's 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 a huge uh, favourites tag going into a first round of a championship. And as David said, like you know, awfully weren't coming up here, um, w- w- with uh, just hopes of fulfilling the fixture. They wanted to win, and I suppose, you know, it's they threw everything at me today. And in fairness to this Mead team, as as David has alluded to too, and over the last number of years, I suppose. Like Mead finished strong today, whereas against uh, Longford last year, when Longford put it up to them, we had no answer. This year, Mead do have an answer, and that's a positive that you can take from the game. Absolutely. I think indicative of, of the success we've had this year has been the, the, the large squad, and I think the changes we're making. I think if things are not going well for us, we're making substitutions, and they seem to be benefiting the team as a whole, and our play is improving. But I think it's definitely like Offaly would have had a, a big a big kind of emotional week this year with regards like with McGee dying their manager from eighty two, like yeah. like Eugene McGee was such a big kind of character in their folklore and someone someone like that passing will always have an effect and the likes of getting McNamee back at full forward, like he was a talismanic figure for a long time and he was brilliant today. And he yeah, like he was like he so, was one of the standout players for Offaly today. But when you go in a fifty fifty match, there's two teams like it's it's very hard to just knock a team out of the park and like beat them at the door. Like it doesn't happen too often. Like most games are reasonably close, and I think that Offaly had a lot going for them. And I think they made improvements from what they've done all year. And I think, I not that there'll be a dark horse like to make a few scalps in the qualifiers, but you never know what they could achieve. Like I don't think they're going to win the Leinster by any means. Well, they're definitely not going to win the Leinster or, or the All Ireland. Obviously, like, no. But you know what I mean. Like I think they are improving, or maybe I think what David said that a lot of the the smaller minnows around the country. Took a lot of scalps this weekend, and even Kildare nearly fell foul to Wicklow, to Wicklow team, yeah. and it's it's not easy. Like so, you, like when a team comes out there and they put men behind the ball, not too bad. In fairness, to they don't don't give them a disservice, but it's not easy to beat a team like when they're coming at you full hog, and it's just they're emotionally charged and ready to go. So, 
I think as all those disappointing some of the aspects of the play today, I think Mead have a lot to look forward to, and I I think we are still making improvements like in Championship football. It's Brian, not like we would have lost that game last year. Yeah, that's, and that, that's that's the big point. That's actually my, my my point bringing this on now to Brian Kelly. Brian, Mead go in at half time after having a nice little run uh, uh, of points just before half time, getting four in a row to go three points up. But Offaly come out and seven points unanswered. And I think it was maybe the 16th or 17th minute of the second half before Mead got their uh, first score of the second half through Mickey Newman from a free. And, you know, showed great character, as, as, as we said, to come back and get the victory. Last year, that wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have had the, the gumption to do that last year. No, um, well, we didn't. The game in Longford is proof of that. Yeah. But, like... Today, just before we got our first score of the second half, Offaly kicked wide, and it just seemed to break their momentum slightly and also give us a bit of a boost because it showed, like, listen, if we knuckle down here, they're after missing a chance. If we go up and score, there's a two-point swing straight away and you're back in it. And there was a few switches made. James McIntyre had to go off. Owen Lynch came on, which pushed... He went in at six. Kyogi pushed across to the wing. And just one or two changes like that suddenly seemed to make a big difference. James Conlon came in on the full forward line and his movement inside was causing a few more problems. And all of a sudden, the bit of depth that we had today, like there's two players who weren't on your panel last year coming mm-hmm. in, Lynchy and Banty. And that extra bit of depth was key today. Because people, you have to remember, you're missing Ethan Devine who picked up an oct the other week and wasn't able to play, be there today. That was a big option missing. Maybe he'd have come in and in around the middle of the field when you were struggling there either had he been there These are like, but this is all depth that you had today that you hadn't got last year and that's huge and the, char- the confidence that they got from the league when you won six or seven games in the group stage that that helped give you the belief today then too that you could come back and get that because you'd come back from adversity against Armagh mm-hmm. you'd come back from adversity against Kildare, Kildare. Yep. you'd shown in previous days that you could do it and it's just about putting it into championship because like Offaly were cock-a-hoop at that stage. Their subs were saying, we have them, they're gone, they've shot their bolt, this is our game for the taking at this stage. And on, on another day, another team, you would have folded. Yeah. You'd have come back a, a bit, maybe, you've got your couple of scores, but you wouldn't have done enough to come back. Well, you know, um, taking your point on board there is exactly where Mickey Newman uh, did point out to David Rispin in his interview that... Um, you know the experience of the uh, of the league helped them uh, over the line here today. So we will go to Mickey Newman speaking to David Rispin. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Me podcast, because it matters more. Delighted to be joined by Mead forward Mickey Newman. Um, Mickey, tricky enough game, but but the result in the bag, I suppose, that's that's the main objective achieved, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it was coming into the game, it was uh, it was all about being uh, getting into the next round, and that's what we did. It might be what the way we wanted it, but. Um, it's done now and we can look forward to the next day. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose after the results last night, you see Division 4 teams and Division 3 teams, I know awfully aren't Division 4, but putting it up to the so-called bigger teams in, in the Championship. And I suppose it's a different ball game altogether than league football. Um, awfully, we're never going to come down here and roll over 
and and they sure gave you a, a real run for your money today. Ah, yeah, like those teams like Wicklow last night and, and Waterford there, and Limerick, like they're they're um, they're watching. Um, like hopefully they've watched us. They know what we're all about. They've analysed us, and they're coming down here to play fifteen on fifteen, like you know. So um, I wouldn't really look into that too much. It's always going to be difficult. Yeah, um, we played Wicklow a few years ago. It was the same. Um, so it was always going to be a, a tough one uh, and we were, we were going to get a fill of it and we did today so we weren't really surprised with that I suppose the strength of character is something that probably will please the group ultimately when you look back over coming from four points down in that, in that last quarter to to see the game out so impressively in the end um, I know Brian McMahon's goal was a huge turning point in that but you know in fairness me he's never panicked and, and he's kept at it and eventually it came good thankfully yeah I think Maybe other years, a good question whether we would have come out and uh, won that game. Which, yeah. uh, obviously, you can see the work we've done uh, throughout the year. We were just waiting to just get our hands on some ball and just and just uh, get, get get our runners on it because that's the joy where we were getting joy mm. and stop kicking it away. So we had a small window to do that and, and uh, we were good enough to go on and do it. So that was, uh, that was very important. Yeah, and I suppose for yourself personally, I know it's you've had a good league campaign, but that's your first championship game back, you know, with me. Um, it's great to be back, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, great. You don't you can't beat that feeling, and uh, especially with the crowd there, the weather, the pitch, everything. Um, you do miss it, and um, you know, just to saying, there was a big big build up to this game, especially with how well we went in Division Two. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to be out there again. Yeah. And I suppose the next day, I mean, there was 6,500 Mead fans as your reference, you know, brilliant, brilliant support today. You'll probably want to see them down in Carlow in two weeks' time as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we need to start start on this kind of journey together, you know, and get the, the fans have been on board with us throughout the league. Mm-hmm. And, and same again uh, the next day, you know, we're in, we're in the hash we, we, for the next day. Uh, for the next round, we play as well as we as we wanted, but you know that's room for improvement um, against Carlo. So we'll be looking for everyone to make it down to to Carlo and really um, up our up our performance. You know. Yeah, and I suppose just finally on Carlo, I know you you probably wouldn't have looked past awfully today. Um, it'll be another difficult assignment down there as well. Um, what are you expecting from them? Yeah, to be honest, I don't I don't wouldn't really know much about Carlo. Uh, I was away last year, so I know that got a very good defensive setup uh, and that's what got them good joy last year as far as I can remember so yeah. look we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at them during the week um, like they'll look at us and uh, we'll, we'll try and get our homework done on them yeah Mickey cheers thanks a million for the interview no problem no problem do it. so I, I suppose uh, we'll go to you David Rispin having spoken to Mickey Newman um, you know four points on the board for him today uh, I think three of them from freeze or two of them from freeze um, but he showed great um, leadership in the second half and uh, not only that but uh, Kieran Flynn's father taught him in school no way yeah Kieran Flynn and, and I suppose that was one of the things that stood to him today when it came up to it at the end of that game yeah, that, that was probably a huge catalyst and I think just before Mickey got the score that seemingly turned the tide he actually turned around to his man and says do you know who, who taught me <laughs> in school and he says Kieran Flynn's father no, no, no before your man he says before he said he says I know yeah, he just goes, I know. <laughs> and then the sweat started pouring down his face. But uh, no, at, at that stage, awfully knew their goose was cooked. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it was a huge, it was a huge turning point. It was a wonderful score by Mickey. It was his only point from playing the game, but he he jinked inside, and it was a fabulous finish. You know, completely off balance and that. And from there, we seemed to kind of gain gain a bit of belief again, and and we were on top. Now, awfully had chances too. I mean. Um, 
they, they had a really good goal chance, but they also had a couple of, you know, good scoring chances for points, uh, which either dropped short or kind of dropped, uh, dropped the wrong side of the post. And when it came down to that, I think that was probably the difference between the two teams was Meads. Uh, Meads were far more clinical when they got the opportunities up front than Offaly were. Offaly probably had a chance to, if Meads were in the same position, they would have kind of raised clear when they had that four-point lead as Offaly had. But, you know, that, that probably boils down to why Meads are a Division 1 team now and Offaly are, are a Division 3 side at the end of the day. Yeah, it was a um, great insight from Mickey Newman. Um, you know, uh, Disappointed with the way that the team played, but delighted that the team had showed the strength and character to come back and get the victory. Um, I suppose, Kieran Flynn, looking down through uh, the Offaly team, you know, it's no surprise that they put it up to me today, considering some of the players that stood out, like Niall Darby, uh, Owen Carroll, uh, Niall McNamee, Rory McNamee. These players all uh, sh showed their, their great ability um, uh, against me today. Yeah, and another fella I can notice out the ranks as well because he was actually involved on the development squads and after he was Anton Sullivan as well. Yeah, because I remember he he played it against me with Eden Derry and he was an unbelievable player when we played with St Pat's and Avon against Eden Derry. We had nearly two lads marking him full time and he, they could barely stop him. Like McNamee is serious. Like today, like he he gave Miguel a very hard time at full back. Uh, Niall Darby was up and down the field. He's the the captain of the team. You can see why he's such a leader. So like there was no there was no one. Uh, your man Panda, as they were calling him in the corner forward, uh, Bernard Allen. Bernard Allen. Like, he's another good footballer, Rory McNamee. Like, it's kind of interesting when you look at the team, like, you wonder why you're off in Division 3. Like, how have they gone so bad? Like, it, it's, it'd be interesting, actually, if you follow them for a year. Why why did they lose so many games? It's Because if you, they didn't look anyway lesser than a Clare or Tipperary that we played this year in the league or even one or two of the other teams, when you think about it, they weren't that bad. Like, they, they played good football today and probably deserved their draw or maybe their win, but... Thankfully, they didn't get that. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we will come back to the Mead players uh, in a few moments. We will be doing our regular slot of rating the players um, uh, and scoring them out of 10. But um, before before we do, I suppose, like, Mead now face um, Carlo, um, David Rispin, and it's... Uh, it's uh, that's a wake-up call for me today. And I'm sure that Andy McIntyre... Uh, Will be looking at it, going. At least he can. He, he can now. If they had, as we said already, if they had beaten them by twenty points, what would they have learned? They would have learned nothing. They would have went into training for the next two weeks and had a ball. They've got a lot to work on to go into this Carlo game, and it just shows that they can't be complacent and that their um, intensity levels have to be raised going into that game. Yeah, and I suppose although there's been challenges and, and training camps and all of that, it was our first competitive game in quite a long time. I'd suggest probably. Two, Five weeks, yeah, or, or yeah, and the rest, you know, and, and I know it was the same for Offaly, but when when you're going playing consistently and playing consistently well week in week out for what was it eight weeks we played in in the league nearly you know on the trot, um and then and then hit the break and then look at probably club month didn't help things either you know bringing in April and, and sending the guys out to their clubs and then trying to get them back in and back into the swing of things. I think Brian Menton mentioned in, in one of the interviews it could have been with Fergal Lynch um, at the at the launch night um, that it was tricky to kind of get the boys refocused. The balance, yeah. Exactly. Just get them back up to scratch and back where they were. So this game will serve them well and you know I'm sure they'll refocus now Tuesday night and they have two weeks to, to kind of really prepare for Carlo. And um, Carlo are probably at mean stage. You know, Carlo aren't, aren't going to have a competitive game before we play them, you know, in two weeks. So we have that game under our belt. So it should serve us well going down to play them. Um, 
it'll probably be a similar enough uh, game to today. You know, Carlo aren't going to make it easy for me. Then they're going to probably, you know, come up with whatever they can to try and stifle me. Because realistically, if if they come out and play fifteen on fifteen against me, there's only going to be one winner. Yeah. So they're going to have to do football. something. Football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as you've seen today, football was the winner. But uh, <laughs> we're going to have to be prepared for it. But I, I have a good feeling that we will. You know, be a lot more better prepared than we were today. Hopefully, Brian Kelly, Carlo, on the back of their great greatest ever achievement in in uh, in uh, the Leinster Championship last year, um, uh, beating Kildare um, against all the odds. Uh, Stephen Poacher, uh, a coach, and you know he gets great uh, <laughs> traction in the media for being a defensive coach. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game for Mead and. Andy McEntee are not is not going to take uh, Carlo lightly. No, it's going to be far from easy. Like last year to beat Kildare, two years ago they gave Dublin a right good rattle below in Dr. Cullen. Was it not in Nolan Park? So like in their last two years they've put up bigger performances in the championship against teams in Leinster than what Mead can probably say they've done. So like and back in was it twenty ten or twenty twelve under yeah, twenty twelve under Banty. Um, we got very hard to beat Carlo. We drew in Tullamore That's right. and I beat them after a replay. So like, there's no reason for Mead supporters to be overconfident going out to play Carlo. It's going to be a tough game. If we come out with winning by a couple of points, it'll be job well done. Yeah. Like we, it's we have the players to take them on, but they will feel they have the players to take us on. I think there's a Sean Murphy was superb against Kildare last year. You have Brendan Murphy in the middle of the pitch. Paul Broderick, he's one of the top free takers in the country. Yeah. He can pop them over from any up as far as 55, 60 metres out. Like he's just lethal. So we, if we focus, if we up our performance from today for 10 to 15%, we'll be fine. But we really, it's a tough game and we'll need a big backing down in Tullamore. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, David Rispin caught up with Andy McEntee after the game. Um, and uh, I suppose you'll hear it from his voice. Andy was just relieved to be able to get the win in Park Dolgen today. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com. Or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Me podcast, because it matters more. Delighted to be joined by Mead Manager Andy McEntee. Now, Andy, um, really tricky assignment. I suppose it was always going to be that against uh, you know, a John Mahon team in Offaly. Um, but job done in the end. Yeah, just about done. Uh, we get across the line. It wasn't, uh, It wasn't pretty or it wasn't... It wasn't uh, the type of performance that we would like to see, but ultimately uh, we're in the next round, and that's that's really all that matters. Yeah, sure. And I suppose after last night, you know, you've seen the Division Four teams really putting it up to the big guns. If that, if it wasn't already an eye opener of what kind of was coming today, I suppose that was um, that was a real indication of what the so-called lesser teams, maybe in in league football, can actually produce in championship. Sure. Look at. I mean, you're into you're into knockout. Uh, uh, Football in in conditions like this and, and good good uh, good ground conditions, uh, nice day and all that and, and awfully produced uh, a decent brand of football out there yeah. that we struggled to deal with for large for large periods. Yeah, and I suppose you know in terms of the struggling, but the strength of character must be also pleasing for you when you weren't you know firing on, on all cylinders to finish the game so strongly coming from four points down and and you know seeing the game out then probably 
you know, I won't say comfortably, but you know, seeing the game out and, and getting the result, it must be pleasing for you. Yeah, look, that's 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 the big positive you take from the game. I think I think most people would accept that this time last year we, we wouldn't we wouldn't have come through a game like that. Yeah. In fact, this time last year we didn't come through a game yeah, like that. Exactly, it was yeah. a very similar game to to uh, to Longford, and maybe that was maybe that was hanging over the fellas. I don't mm. I don't really know, but. Uh, we come out of it, uh, and uh, let's let's just move on now. Mm, sure, and um, I suppose coming into the game, you know, all the expectancy was on Meads, you know, red hot favourites to come in and wipe the floor with Offaly. You, you were probably on a little bit of a hiding to nothing. If you won by ten points, everyone was expecting that, and you know, it was it was probably a, I won't say a free hit for Offaly, but you know, they had far more far less pressure to come into a game like this and put it up to a county like Mead. Yeah, well, look, I mean, yeah, we we got to be used to be performing under pressure. We did it throughout the league. Mm. Uh, you know, every game you play in the league, there's pressure on, and certainly the home games. You know, there's there's a level of expectancy from the mid crowd, which is which is fair enough. And uh, so we got to be able to deal with stuff like that, mm. and uh, maybe we just didn't deal with it as well as we would have liked today. Yeah, and I suppose the impact of the substitutions as well. You know. Obviously, they're they're brought on for a reason, but they really served their purpose today and did an excellent job coming on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, at that's that's why you, that's why you have a panel, and uh, it's it's important to know that you can trust fellows to come in and, and do do what you're looking for them to do. So, uh, whether they're, uh, they, I think pretty much everybody who came on mm. uh, had an impact. And I suppose at a time when you when you needed you know people to stand up on that, I know Donald Keoghan is always one of our leaders throughout the years but Brian McMahon I thought today was, was outstanding when the, when the going got tough yeah well I mean look at you know, high ball into the square you wouldn't be expecting Brian to, yeah. to win the contest with the keeper but you yeah. know he was brave uh, did enough to break it and then he was you know sharp enough to, to react uh, yeah, there was a couple of other guys I felt I felt uh, Gavin McCoy yeah. for, for a guy that, that's making his, his debut was respons- as responsible as anybody mm-hmm. for dragging us back into the game he, he won a couple of 50-50 battles he turned over a couple of balls and uh, he, he, uh, he stood up today yeah sure and um, the Mead the Mead supporters I suppose 6,500 I think are there thereabouts today you know two weeks time down in Carlo it's going to be another tricky assignment you'll, you'll probably want to see another huge contingent travelling down sure sure uh, we'd like to think that uh, we'd like to think that they realise that that's not not the, the standards that we'd like to set ourselves mm. and uh, uh, they are important like when, when we started to get a bit of a run uh, on Offaly there today and, and the noise level rose and the atmosphere got going you know, yeah. it makes it makes a difference to the team. Course, so yeah. uh, you know, I think they played their part in the last in the last ten fifteen minutes of the game. And just finally, um, on Carlo, I know you probably wouldn't have taken your eyes off awfully for one one second, but that's another, that's going to be another tough assignment in in two weeks down in Doctor Cullen Park. Sure, uh, it it uh, you know they 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 play they play a very competitive brand of football. They were a little, they were unfortunate in the league. Mm. Uh, and you know, uh, over the last, if, if if anything, over the last couple of years, they've shown how how, uh, how difficult they are to play against. Yeah, Andy, well done on the win, and all the best against Carlo. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. So that was Andy McIntyre uh, speaking to David Rispin. David uh, Rispin just mentioned in both of the interviews actually that uh, that Mead would be facing Carlo in Carlo and Doctor Cullen Park. At that stage, we didn't know where the game was going to be fixed, but it has whoa, been whoa, fixed. Whoa, no, no, for David. Ball. David didn't know where the game was fixed. Just correct that. David okay. didn't know where it was fixed. Well, 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 it is fixed for Tullamore Saturday week, the twenty fifth. <laughs> 
Saturday the 25th um, at 7pm. We, we didn't know whether the time was confirmed, but it seems to be confirmed now on Leinster GAA. Well, just it's on the Leinster GAA website and the CEO was speaking to our operations manager, so it's, at the moment it's pretty finalised. But you never know, the GAA it's would... pretty finalised. I just said... The GAA... Teacher, teacher, teacher. How can you be pretty finalised? The television always puts a spanner on the work that might change it. No, if anyone supports so it's not finalised then? Oh, it is finalised, yeah. <laughs> it is finalised, <laughs> but... <laughs> but it's on the television. No, but that's for other fixtures. You know yourself, the GAA is mental. Don't be, don't be trying to figure out the GAA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> the fixture is on. Anyways. Davy Rispin doesn't know where Carlo and Tullamore are. He needs to be a geography lesson. He needs not more than the rest of us. Are your father still doing grinds? Or <laughs> no, he only teaches good footballers like Mickey Newman. Not a bad footballer from Bormean. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get Carton ca- actually. We'll we'll get back. We'll get back to uh, uh, the interview with um, Andy McIntyre. You can hear from uh, the interview there, Brian, uh, that Andy like you're after winning the first round of the uh, Leinster Championship. But he, he wasn't over the moon. Like he was, you know, it was just a case of we got out, we got the job done. And that was all we could expect. Yeah, and he's probably at the back of it all relatively happy that you did do that. But Andy being Andy, there's going to be aspects of every game in which he can see room for improvement. Like he's going to look back on today and he'll say, listen, we were three up at half time, but had we played as well as we were capable of doing? No, because for large parts of that first half, it was awfully going to point ahead. We were coming back, equalising. It was only in the run into half time that we scored a few points in a row. And maybe that gave us a slight false illusion at half time as to how well we were going. You did a half time, they haven't played that well. And next thing, awfully came out and upped their game by 10, 15% and went seven points in a row. So we've lots to improve on. Andy knows that. He's going to work the lads hard in training for the next couple of weeks. But I've no doubt he'll iron out a lot of kinks that were obvious today. Yeah, it's it's it's. I suppose, uh, David, um, having listened to um, Andy speaking to you there, um, it's uh, it was hard to get excited because we were supposed to beat Offaly. You know, we're a Division yeah. One team after this year, and Offaly are a Division Three team. And you know, as we said already, and it was it did, it didn't matter. If you won by 20 or won by two, you, you, there was still not going to be a, a big uh, hullabaloo and mm. well done Mead either way, you know? Yeah, and, and I think that was kind of reflected. I know there was a big crowd there, but there was there was a kind of flat atmosphere in Avon today. I, I felt that the supporters had that kind of complacent, um, you know, attitude towards the game whereby they, they felt that this was going to be a cakewalk for Mead and there was no need to really get excited from the minute the team walked out, it was kind of flat and then... You know, the longer the game went on, there was kind of moans and groans, and it was just today was just a case of getting the result in the end because yeah. it would have been a it would have been a travesty. Let's be honest about it, had we had we lost today, and and it would have been a big depression going into qualifiers and stuff, and back to square one really to mm-hmm. where we were this time last year, as you've mentioned already against Longford. So, I think today, you know, was was just about getting the result. We can kind of look forward now. That's out of the way, and we can kind of. Look at going down uh, to Tullamore and, and actually putting on a bit of a performance against Carlo. And if we can do that, going into a semi final with on the back of you know two wins and, and a good performance, and coming through another kind of sticky enough task where you're actually expected to to win. And I know you've you mentioned it to me when I came in here tonight about you know me don't generally perform to the best of their abilities when they're actually favourites to win the game. And and that's a fair point, you know. And and it's something that generally favourites. 
um, struggled to probably you know hold on to that tag and actually perform to the to the ability that they're expected to. So you know for 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 us looking forward now, it, it's it's all about kind of you know getting the result obviously the next day first and foremost but an improved performance as well I suppose if there was any complacency today um, with the players again that's something that uh, you know they've now got two weeks to fix and yeah. uh, Andy will look at, at, at fixing that over the next two weeks um, we're going to go to Kieran Flynn if he just puts down the phone Kieran stats man um, you've some really good stats from the game today some of them don't make for good reading. Um, and how am I supposed to look at my stats only on my phone? Like, no, so that's uh, no, you were texting on the other phone. Um, Prove it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just said it. Um, no, but you've that's got some, you've got some about. really good stats from the game today. Some of them uh, make for good reading, but some of them don't. Like um, I suppose we go to the wides tallies first. Yeah. So <coughs> Mead had six wides, five from play, one from freeze, which is not too bad a return. But Offaly had 14 in total, 11 from play and three frees. I think, I'm not sure, I think all three of them were the goalkeeper from long range. So yeah, our yeah. total shots was, we had 22 shots scoring 14 of them, which is 62%. And Offaly had 29 shots scoring 14, which is 48%. So from play, we had 19 shots scoring 12, which is 63, the same percentile. Where they had 21 from play scoring 9, which is 42. And then from frees, we were 66%, they were 62 So little bit of it is probably Offaly's poor shooting probably yeah, well, kept what, us in it. As well, that's what I was going to say. The, 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 was it a case that they were shooting from crazy angles? Or was it a case that Mead were putting them under pressure? Or was it a case that they were shooting from the right areas, but they were just poor shooting today? I'd say all three, Your Honour. You know, I, <laughs> I think it was a little bit of everything. I think some of the pressure from the backs was good at times. We put them off. There's a few crazy shots and there was curled like... I think one, I think that Anton Sullivan might have kicked one up about 45 metres up in the air nearly, and it, it was like a Gary Owen was that he didn't bother chasing us. A few, there were some awful shots that probably aren't even reflected in the stats. A few more, like they kicked one short that into Andrew Colgan's hands. So I think the they're, and then we look at the, the timeline of scores, like the timeline in the first half was fairly consistent. It was tit for tat the whole way through. Where probably the worst part was that first 10 minutes after, in the second half, where they got from their six points up to 12 in the first 10 minutes, second half, while we only didn't score, we were stuck yeah. at nine. But then on the 20th minute, we scored our 10 point, and then we went all the way to 16, where they, they only scored one at the very last minute. So. Yeah, so we didn't score for the first 20 minutes of the second half. No. Which is, uh, it's not, it's really worrying, I suppose, yeah. but there, it's it's a larger portion. We saw trends like that throughout the league. They scored seven, like, they scored yeah. seven. Well, we did see trends like that throughout the league, but there were usually maybe... 12 minute spells or 13 minute spells where Mead wouldn't score but that's that's probably their longest spell of not scoring in any game this year so that's something that they will want to rectify um, going forward what we'll do now lads I suppose is we're going to go to um, our rate the players section and we've rated them right through the league uh, campaign and now uh, the first round of the Leinster I'm just going to write it into the book here and it was against uh, awfully so we're going to start with Andrew Colgan as usual we need uh, a consensus or uh, two of the three um, uh, dun, dun, raters dun. <laughs> raters use our raters now <laughs> to to agree on a score you, if not we take the, if, if there's three different scores we take the average of the three was it the website was great. It's still going actually ratemyteachers.com 
We used to have great crack in school. <laughs> That's that. easy. We've got some marks. Yeah, if you see it there now. I, what about oh, your father? He would have got brilliant marks for well, all, the ca- all these, all these uplers, yeah. Football, <laughs> sport, 10 out of 10. Okay, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to the rating section anyway. Uh, so, Andrew Colgan, who um, in his last number, his last six games, five games of the section, sorry, six, leagues, six league games, including the final, um, had really, really... Um, started to come to come into his own today, lads. Um, either a few kickouts that went astray that awfully got scores off, but he did make it a crucial save um, midway through the second half. So we're going to go to Brian Kelly first for your score. Yeah, good first half, ropey first 15 20 minutes of the second, pulled off one crack and save. Then, as the goal was going against us, probably overall a six. A six, yeah, six is six is fine with me. Yeah, I agree. The analysis is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Uh, no, look. Um, well, uh, three, three bad kickets in a row, I think. Yeah, it often got three scores them. in a row from 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 kickets. Look, it, it's not always the goalkeeper's fault. Maybe he's playing it to an area for a fella supposed to be running into and someone didn't make it or whatever. But um, he did pull off that crucial save. It's like the game has gone now, where you have to pick a man and you have to drill it towards him. There's none of this kind of just. The good old days, even only five or six years ago, you just had left, centre and right and you just kicked it as hard as you could out to the wings and let the midfielders go for it. Like, mm-hmm. Them days are gone now. You have to be running the whole time. You have to pick your man. And In fairness to Colgan, in the league, especially in the second half of the league, they were brilliant. So yeah. you just have to trust him and give him a chance. And I think again, Carlo, he'll improve again. I yeah, think. absolutely. Um, Seamus Lavin uh, at cornerback, lads. Uh, what a year he's having. We're going to go to David Risman first. Yeah, so very good today again. Um, it was it was a tough day for you know the majority of guys, but I thought he was one of the probably leaders on the pitch when, you know, as Brian already alluded to, when the going got tough, he was he was. Tough yeah, I didn't want to say that, but <laughs> you did. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was he was the one that kept driving forward, and you know he's uh, he's a great level of fitness on him, and um, he kept going and kind of setting up attacks for us. So for me, I'd probably be giving him a seven. Next up, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it, in key key battles at times when we needed the win, he got them. His fitness, as we talked about this last week, he's one of the fittest in the panel, if not the fittest. And it showed today when at the very end he was winning ball, simple as that, and he was brilliant. So seven, I think, edging towards an eight, but a seven, I think, in the terms of the game. Okay, and uh, Brian Kelly, very good performance from Seamus today. Really drove the team on throughout the seventy minutes. Seven is fair enough. So all in agreement there. There's no rouse so far. It's seven for Seamus Lavin. Uh, Conor McGill, lads. We're going to go to Brian Kelly first, I suppose. Um, Conor McGill won't come up against players of the quality of Niall uh, McNamee too often. No, he's a tricky customer. He's not your typical full forward. He, you can find him anywhere from out in the wing, in the corner. He just drags you all around the place. Um, it was a difficult day for Conor today. Um, probably a six. Okay, uh, uh, David Risman. Yeah, no arguments for me. Um, like you said, he won't come up against the player of the caliber of uh, Niall McNamee every day. Um, probably different in the sense that you know, if it was a quick ball or if it was a quick forward, McGill was on, he'd be. It'd probably suit him more. It's just Niall McNamee is such a rangy player and he, so skillful and everything. He's he's a real kind of class act. So tough day for him, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. Yeah, six. Yes, um, Niall McNamee, Kieran, he'd remind you the only player that I can see around the country that would be like him would be John Heslin from yeah. uh, from Westmead. They're not your typical full forward. They can play full forward and they line out at full forward, but they're given a free rein just to go anywhere and they drag the full back out of position most of the time. And 
uh, full backs don't like to be too far away from their own goals and, and, and it makes it difficult they have to kind of make the decision do I do I stay closer to goal in case uh, a player goes by uh, the, the full forward so I suppose Conor McGill probably wouldn't be used to being dragged out of position like that no, and as we said, McNamee has been a perennial great player for Offaly for the last how many maybe twenty years nearly is he? How long is he he's definitely playing about twelve or thirteen seasons I'd yeah. say at least and on and off. Yeah, he's he's a brilliant footballer and he proved it today and he gave McGill third time and only for McGill came good at times probably to boost his rating up. But I think a six is fair because like he's had Michael Murphy's had McNamee you just be hoping that the the Carlo full forward is not as good. I know he's <laughs> it'd be a different style of player again. There's no Maybe on the rank, he might end up playing a John Heslin later on. So maybe it's good practice if he end up playing Westmead later in the championship, potentially, that he'll know exactly to give him a dig early on to stop him running. Absolutely. We're going to stick with you um, and we're going to move on to Shane Gallagher, um, the Simonstown man, um, getting his second championship appearance. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of one of these things. Like it, There's not a lot to say about him, only he's very tidy what he does. He won a lot of ball out in front. I don't think his man got the better of him too often. And if he did he was still under pressure so he's probably a seven it's kind of he played well like I don't think you could give him an eight and a six would be harsh so I think a seven would be fair for okay, me okay Brian Kelly um, six might be harsh eight might be a bit high but I think if we gave Lavin a seven and he was one of the best lads we had I just wouldn't put Shane on the mm. same page today slightly below Lavin so very unlucky maybe to get a six okay so you're saying the six and David Rispin you're going to uh, make the call on this one yeah, that's a, that's a very good point Brian's after making, actually. I didn't... It happens once <laughs> in the blue moon, don't worry. <laughs> I well, don't should, should have given Lavin an eight, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Possibly, yeah, we, we, we should have. And then he wasn't at the same level as Lavin was, but he was decent as well. Like I, I'd probably give him a seven, but he'd be of the lower... Yeah, class of a 7 than say Seamus Lavin would so he, he'd he be kind of a 6.9 and Seamus Lavin would be a 7.4 yeah type yeah, yeah. Exactly. okay well we're going to go with a 7 anyway for Shane Gallagher again uh, another solid performance by him but not spectacular as I just saying yeah. he, he, he did everything that he needed to do uh, we move on to our half back line now the half back line in midfield did struggle a little bit today um, and we know there's so much more to come from them so Brian Kelly we'll go to you first James McIntyre yeah, James um, seemed to pick up a knock during the game and I know Andy referenced it afterwards that he came off with an ankle injury. So that might explain some of the fact that we didn't see him bombing forward to the same extent as we did during the league. Yeah. So probably a six for James. No bother on David Rispin. Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. Just not at his uh, free-flowing best probably today and, and probably you know curtailed because of the injury and stuff. Um, so six I think is fair. Cool. Like no his, his pace is blistering when you see him there at pitch side and... He's a joy to watch, but he's just ever so slightly off the pace. And once or twice, a ball that he'd normally pick up in a bit of a ruck and he'd be gone. He was just late to it or a bit too early and he kind of made contact with the player and just didn't go well for him. So I think a six is a fair call. No problem at all. So James McIntyre getting a six. Uh, David Rispin, uh, Kyogi Bear, Donald Kyogen, joint captain. Um, such a talisman on this team. And uh, maybe found it a little bit difficult going today, but did well when he was moved out to the right wing. Yeah, I think I think really in the second half when um when when backs were to the wall, it, he was he was one of the kind of leaders as as we he's a natural born leader really for me. But there was a few times just over by the terrace where he actually either turned the ball over or he forced um the awfully guys into over carrying it, and he and he showed great emotion too when doing that kind of signifying you know the importance of the situation and me were in at the time um 
and and he kind of got better as the contest went wore on. He was probably a little bit off, you know, his extremely high standards early on, but he wasn't found wanting. You know, when we really needed him most, he was the one that was there. And for that, I, I'd probably be giving him a seven. Seven and uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, I think when he moved to wing back in the second half, he cut out a lot of dangerous ball in, and it gave him a bit more license to drive forward, which was crucial. He went forward and he wo- he had a hand in a few scores, and a seven is probably a fair score. Yeah, and uh, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I think to the point, he, he's one of our better players. Always, even when he plays poorly, he's still a very good player. Like I said, if if you could play, most players would love to play as well as he does when he plays badly. Put it like that. So I think the mark is acceptable. Yeah, no problem. We'll go to Brian Kelly first this time. Uh, Gavin McCoy on the wing. Um, good performance from the wing back. Yeah, probably for some people a surprise inclusion in the team. Ronan Ryan had a very good league and most would have expected him to start. But McCoy came in, made his championship debut today and did really well. Again, one of the most athletic players on the team and showed great leadership in the second half when it was most needed so I think a 7 for him uh, Kieran Flynn yeah Gavin as probably as Brian Luther definitely a surprise maybe for starting but as he took it by the, the horns like he was brilliant he, like he's so athletic but he's strong he's physical like there at the end he was really uh, just went for it like there was a ball he kind of jumped across lad, and he took a big dunt from the Offaly man tried to flake him but he didn't go down <laughs> you know he, he stood up took the free Kick passing now could be worked on, but we always laugh with Gavin. He still scores two points in the game the last time. He still can't kick the ball straight, but he played very well today. Like I think he he borderline an eight. I think I might give him an eight. I think just for sheer kind of seven and an eight. It's going to be down to David. I think Rispin. I think it's a seven point six. Maybe I don't know. It's, oh, it's tough though. Well, um, I think I'd give him the eight. I think he deserves it for. That's a big big championship debut, like a big massive. That was, that, you know? That's what I was just going to say to, to David Rispin. Looking at um, Roland Ryan's performances throughout mm. the league. He averaged uh, eight uh, points per game, uh, as in uh, in our ratings. He got a nine uh, on a couple of occasions, and uh, he had a couple of sevens as well. Um, you know, uh, big surprise that he wasn't included in the team today. But in fairness to Gavin McCoy, stood up when he needed to today. Yeah, he, he probably justified the call maybe to start him. And, um, you know, as, as the guys were saying, you know, it was his championship debut today, and it, and it can be a big occasion. And I suppose probably... You know, in, in a different sense to kind of Ronan Ryan, who played most of the league, uh, Gavin McCoy didn't play all of the league, we'll say, and, and it was probably a huge day for him personally to be, to be, uh, to be making his first start for me in Championship football today. And I thought, uh, I thought he was outstanding. He, he made uh, Gavin McCoy made four um, appearances during the league. He made mm. two starts and two as substitutions. Yes. So, so um, he only played in you know yeah. and featured in half of the games you know yeah. overall. So. To come into the team today, first round of the championship, and, and as the guys were saying, he played very well in the Russ Common Challenge, so he probably justified his place. And I, I, I'd say he was pretty much on par with Brian McMatten as, as our probably best performer on the day, so I'd give him an eight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got two eights and a seven, so he's uh, getting the eight. Um, Ronan, again, like disappointed for Ronan Ryan because he has been so, um, so uh, consistent throughout the league, but obviously in the last five, six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it is since the league final in training, we're not privy to what's happening in the training. So there I, are heard certain, I heard he's going well, though. Well, that's what I was just going to say. He's obviously <laughs> going well. So um, who, who told you? Your father. Oh, no, I just, just know you. As I said, we said this last, it's just you hear that. So I hear he's going well. Like. Well, uh, like obviously, um, though, yeah. the, 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 there are certain <laughs> players going well and uh, Gavin McCoy was one of them. Well done to Gavin. 
getting an eight, one of our top performers today um, uh, in the first round of the Leinster Championship. We're going to move on now to midfield. Brian Menton, the joint captain, and we'll go to David Risman first. Yeah, I suppose in the first half, uh, he, you know, he was he led by example. He kicked uh, he kicked two really good points at a time when we needed them badly. It was it was a difficult game in the sense for him that you know midfield was a problem position for us today that we struggled to compete and you know we had to you know change up our kickout strategy and that as well and um, he he probably had a better first half than he did second half um, but. For me, I I'd probably I still consider him a seven. I don't know what the guys think, but it'll be a seven for me. Okay, um, we we'll go to Brian Kelly, um, Brian Menton, seven. Okay, Kieran Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> Good after analysis there. I think seven. Again, he, he he when he scored his points, the he loves that run. Not to give it away because I think it's obvious. He's just very good at it. He kind of gets in the middle of the field. He makes that diagonal run across. And he just kind of hook kicks it across. It's it's a beautiful arc when he does it. So just to hopefully he gets a few more of them the next day. So I, I think seven. He's very accurate, isn't he, really? Yeah, he, you from know, that he, spot, there's like yeah. a 15-metre kind of buffer zone there. He's untouchable. He's a wonderful strike yeah, at the ball, yeah. and it's a real natural kind of strike. And I suppose the modern, he probably is the modern-day midfielder, really, in terms of kind of you know being comfortable coming forward and contributing to our attack and play. Yeah, um, well, uh, well done to Brian Minton getting a seven from the lads. Um, we're going to move on now to Shane McEntee, um, Kieran Flynn. Uh, um, Shane McEntee, a brilliant league campaign. Um, went off at half time today, so we're only going to be marking him on, on, on his first half performance. Was it due to injury that he had to go off? Yeah, the injury, uh, uh, he got injured and had to go, ho go home. Will you oh. go home? <laughs> 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 Lads, I've the injury, I've to go. <laughs> I have to go. I left the immersion on. <laughs> you think they would have turned it off, but they just didn't. Forgot. No, but he, I think he had one great moment where he kicked the ball in. Big, long 50-meter 50, 50 kick. <laughs> <laughs> big 50-meter kick into, into Michael Newman. Then he realised. Then he had to go. He had to go, boys. No, I wouldn't have kicked it. I yeah. had to kick it to get rid of it. I had to go. Don't be worried because people know he's in the defence forces. There was no emergency like that. He wasn't called <laughs> anything like we were being invaded or anything like But uh, yeah, he, he played okay. Just probably because he only got one half, six is enough, it's it. Six. Okay, six we're, we're going to go to David Rispin. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is six, six. I think, six. Of, I think of a bit of sunstroke from Part do it. <laughs> it's David Rispin, uh, Shane McEntee. Six. Um, Brian Kelly yeah I think um, six is probably fair enough like our midfield was at its strongest in the first half today when him so he was there with Brian Menton it struggled a lot more the second half and he wasn't yeah. there so it's just a shame he had to go home <laughs> <laughs> he had to go home at half time I, 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 thought, he left, I thought he left those days going, going home halfway through a match behind in primary school but according to Kieran, not really no. he just said it's my ball and I'm going home exactly yeah and he didn't realise that there was another four O'Neill's footballs there and the yeah. game continued on and we won no, in the second half Paddy Doyle said they're only allowed to use one <laughs> Uh, we'll move on now to Killian O'Sullivan again, one of our top performers throughout the league, Brian Kelly. Um, obviously, awfully had their homework done them because he didn't get the space that he uh, he's, he he got throughout the league, and, and and it was obviously like every team is going to look at the opposing uh, team and say, right, well we need to stop him, and they tried their best to stop Killian O'Sullivan today. Yeah, I suppose it was a bit similar to the game in Cork when he got an awful lot of off the ball attention, just spoiling him, pushing him back he's trying to make a run off the ball and generally just disrupting his game but despite all that he had two points in the first half and in the second half he did as the game went into the last 15 or so minutes he got more involved again and he he probably knew he wasn't going to score in threat at that stage because he he was being forced back a lot but he got in the ball he linked the play 
and he was quite effective at that. So I'd say probably pushing a seven, but a six is probably the score for today. Okay, and uh, we'll go to Kieran Flynn, uh, Killing O'Sullivan. Yeah, I think same with the, the Cork example would be the one I'd use as well. He, he was spoiled off the ball, and like I think there was a consented effort to make uh, when he got the ball to make contact with him with two or three players and like they were they were hurrying him and hassling him as much as possible. But again, as Killian does so well, when he is under pressure, he does he passes the ball around and he, he draws people out. So I think Killian still played all right. Now it's hard to know is he a six or a seven. It's kind of maybe if you consider the scoring, maybe two points, he probably deserves a seven. But then some of his lack of maybe influence maybe goes back to a six. So I'd say probably a six for me. Okay, so two sixes and David Risman. Yeah, I, I agree with the lads. I think um just not at his top standard today, um which he's which he's very <laughs> capable of. And uh, just a few times as we've kind of flagged before, you know, possibly carrying the ball into the tackle, and, into the tackle yeah. and, and just not getting through it and, and whatever and losing, coughing up possession cheaply when really there would have been a handy ball back or, or to the sides. Um, we're going to see a lot more from him. He's, he's still a huge player for us and he's, he's going to play a lot better. I'm, I'm 100% sure of it, but uh, from today, I'd say, I think a six. Yeah, fair enough. A six for Killian O'Sullivan. Uh, consensus throughout the table. Uh, the centre-half forward, uh, Brian McMahon, um, we'll go to David Risman this time. I suppose Brian McMahon, we've seen him lining out at 13 or 15 throughout the year, maybe wing forward. Haven't seen him at centre forward mm. and uh, kind of suited him down to the ground today, didn't it? It did. And and he, and he was actually running, you know, running at defences as opposed to kind of either playing with his back to go towards goal if he was a corner or full forward or kind of dropping out as, as to what he did in the league. He went off early against Donegal and he was having a stormer up to that yeah. and that was a huge along with Michael Murphy's influence growing in the game but that was a huge um, turning point in that game particularly mm -hmm. and it's great to see that you know he missed the two games I think with Retoat as well so he hasn't lost any of that form which he carried on from the league final so it was great to see him in unusual position yeah at a, at, at, on the 40 but um, probably the the best performer for me today maybe on par or just a little bit ahead of Gavin McCoy the goal was was gas as, as Brian already said you know it, the, one of the smallest men on the pitch out jumping the keeper yeah. um, real brave from him to go in there and, and it came at a, such a crucial time for us as well and I fear to think of if, if it didn't go what, what we'd be saying now but well, uh, in fairness me we're, we're after closing the gap to a point at that yeah. stage and it was it was what we needed, I suppose, at it, that point. It, it was just, it was just what the doctor ordered. And, he, and was, it, was it a shot that dropped short? It was, it was a James Conlon yeah. shot that kind so of uh, dropped in. But you know, he got there ahead of the keeper, and then he just passed. It was a pass. <laughs> yeah, like a simple enough tactic. You kick it into the big fella, and he'll win the ball every time. <laughs> the big fella, yeah. Uh, and uh, he just, he just pounded it into the net. Then when he got there ahead of the keeper, so for me, I'd be giving him an eight on, on today's performance. Yeah, Brian Kelly, uh, what would you be giving your namesake, Brian McMahon? <coughs> I suppose to a large extent he followed on from his impressive showing in the league final he got a lot of ball today his pace caused a lot of problems and like in typical bear in the square fashion when the ball came in he won it and he got the goal he's he's he's, he's such an intelligent footballer as well mm. and um, as you said his pace he uses his pace well he doesn't carry balls into tackles he evades tackles and lays the ball off and goes again and, and, and it showed again today for Reid yeah, he's a real top of the ground footballer. Like you're going to get far better performances out of him at this time of the year than you will in January, February when the going is heavy. Mm -hmm. His pace is a bit stunted at that time of the year. So I think goal and two points today in eight. Cool. And Kieran Flynn, I said just kick it to the big fella. Eight. 
Eight. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Brian McMahon. Feed the pony. Feed the pony. Feed the pony. And, and uh, they fed the pony today, and Brian McMahon hit the onion bag, uh, giving me that two point victory. Um, we'll move on now to Ben Brennan. Um, he seemed to be involved an awful lot, and uh, he was maybe targeted, I suppose, by the awful players today, um, but still came away with a point, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, Ben, frustrating for Ben because he it's kind of one of the first funny games. He didn't really get a bad injury or he didn't get a bad yellow card that kind of disjointed his play. But just some of his passing went awry and I think it just maybe affected his performance. I think maybe a six, just when we talked about like the likes of Lavin and lads getting sevens, I think a, f- a six for Ben Brennan is fair. No problem, David Risman. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he was just at his, uh, at his, at his top performance again today, so I think a six is fair. And Brian Kelly, six is fair. Yeah. Absolutely, so Ben Brennan getting a six and we hope these boys all put in a, a, a shift the next day and increase their scores because uh, if they all increase their scores by one, you know, they'll be at the top end of, of where we need them to be. Uh, the next player we're going to go to uh, is Barry Dardis, David Rusman, the only of the mm. f- forward um, not to get on the score sheet. Yeah, uh, championship debut for Barry today, um, another man who probably, you know, came in towards the latter end of the league campaign. And today probably found it tough going, you know, was it, as we mentioned before, it was a tough day to play in the full forward line because of, you know, the the way Offaly were set up and the way Mead were set up at times as well. You know, it made it, it made a full forwards line, a full forwards job um, even, harder. even harder, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Barry did struggle, you know, but, um, you know, I, I would expect, a, you know, a reaction from Barry too the next day, hopefully. But um, for me today, a six. Six. Um, David Rusman, uh, sorry, Brian Kelly. Um, yeah, it just didn't really click for Barry today and a six is probably a fair score. Okay, and uh, Kieran Flint? Yeah, I think the six, it's it's kind of thing is he, he didn't really do anything wrong, he just didn't really influence the play enough. He didn't get on the ball enough, so six is fair. Yeah, no bother, we're going to move on. Barry Dardis, who had such a great end to uh, the league, um, coming on and... Uh, Starting games and, and, and chipping in with a goal and a point in most games, so unfortunate for him not to get in the scoreboard today. And I suppose Offaly probably would have had a mere marked as one of the players to um, uh, to keep away from goal. Um, we're going to go on now to Mickey Newman, uh, the full forward, kick four points, Brian Kelly, um, two or three of them, we're not sure of from from uh, freeze, but uh, still getting his four points today and uh, playing a huge part in Mead's resurgence towards the end. Yeah, he kept the scoreboard ticking over like four points. Like you won't win a game without a reliable free taker. Yeah. So if it was three from freeze, Kieran disputes that. Um, <laughs> hang not really. Hang, hang out to dry. Um, not sure if I did it right. That's all. I <laughs> like I presume he's another one of the people off the Francis Lynn production factory in Kells. Yeah, he would be, yeah. Like another one who's coaching. He benefited from so like. Just it shows on match day, and and for that you'll be giving him a score of seven. Ten. Seven. <laughs> <Ten>. <laughs> uh, David Risman. Yeah, uh, good good performance by Mickey. Uh, I think he actually dropped a lot deeper than he probably would have liked or hoped to uh, to do. You know, at times to get it on the play and influence it, but he actually had a key part in you know setting up a lot of the play and, and scores for us in the second half, playing in that deeper role. Um, as we mentioned previously, the score from play, you know, was was a real tide turner for us, and I think um, a seven is a fair mark. Yeah, cool. No yeah, problem at all. I think the seven as well. I think what he did well today was sometimes he was maybe guilty of holding up the play a little t- a little bit when he was receiving possession, but today he was really fast with the offload, and I think glad were flying off his shoulder. So, like the only blemish maybe he had three wides, one from set play, 
which is disappointing, but he still scored four, like, and he probably was one of our better forwards. So I think seven is a fair one. That's tough. So a seven for making you. We're going to stay with you, Kieran Flynn. Thomas O'Reilly, uh, the Wolf Tones man, got a point today. Yeah, Thomas would be disappointed. He found himself chasing a lot of shadows and kind of harrying and hassling, not really what a corner forward wants to be doing. He scored a great point, all right, it must be said, off the left foot. was brilliant now. But he'd be similar to Barry Dardis. He'd be annoyed and frustrated with, with the amount of ball he got on and attacking half. So I'd say a six is probably fair for Tom Ross. Uh, David Risman? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think it was probably similar. You couldn't really copy and paste what he said about Barry into to Thomas's. And um, although he got a score, he did find it tough and he found it tough to kind of get on ball, which is what he's been doing quite often for, uh, throughout the year so far. So I think a six is fair. Yeah, and Brian Kelly? Yeah, he worked really hard, but just didn't really fall from today. So I think a six. Fair play. And now, lads, we're going to move on to the subs. Um, just if, if any of them didn't uh, weren't on the field long enough, uh, just let me know. But we'll go James Conlon, uh, Kieran Flynn. He got a score um, and was busy in the forward line when he came in. Oh, he great spark. And the, my favourite moment is actually the moment of the match for me was he was harrying and hassling uh, one of the wing backs coming down the field just in front of the dugouts. And he just kind of bumped him, slapped him about 50 times and the ref let him away. And uh, the, your man got done for overcarrying. And James Conlon, about half the size of your man, looked up and just started laughing in your man's face, giving him the whole, like, I'm the macho man. Like, And your man, actually, your man was taken aback. Like, he was like, you know, the terrier that was going to go straight from your throat? Like, <laughs> and it just kind of, the whole crowd went mad and everyone was roaring the banty and everything. And it just really, he set the tone for his point as well. And he just, he gave so, a real spark. Like. So for his bravery uh, of taking on the bigger man, like he, what like, score are you going to give him? It would see, if you're judging it on a whole 70 minutes you couldn't give him a high score so well, I think he only played, 7 he, only he fought after 42 so yeah. you can't judge him on 70 no that's what I'm saying like you can't give him like he definitely a 7 but like for his impact you could give him an 8 but he, for the whole game it's a okay. se- 7 I think 7 no problem Brian Kelly yeah he offered you a completely different dimension in the full forward line small pacey like you never know where he's going to be he's just a nightmare for a corner back he scored a lovely point he had a hand in the goal in the goal that work, great pass. that work rate that he showed mm-hmm. tracking that fella back and squaring up to him like so he will give him a all he was missing was a horn for a bit of flake and Kieran just would have <laughs> given the timber Kieran would have just said I love James Conlon had he done that uh, seven a seven as well so two sevens uh, David Rusman do you agree yeah absolutely I think fresh legs was, was the key and it was what the doctor ordered just at that particular time in the game and uh, you know capped his, his, a fine a fine cameo off with a, with a good point off his left boot so seven yeah good stuff uh, well done to uh, the young man James Conlon the banty as he's known we're going to move on now to Owen Lynch uh, came in at centre back meant that Donald Kogan could go out to wing back Kieran Flynn um, was he on long enough to uh, get a score or to get to, to be rated yeah, it's interesting maybe to give him a, a rating it's probably not that much time but he, he was brilliant when he came on he didn't set a foot wrong like he'd be close to an 8 but I think a 7 again because he's he's a substitute Yeah, I was no very impressed with him and I, he's a lad I've actually thought should have got more time in the league I'd love to see him get more time now David Rispin yeah I'd agree with Kieran. I think he had a really calm and, calm and influence there got on a lot of ball um, just did the, the sim- too, like, yeah, did the simple things right in fairness and, and nothing over exuberant or spectacular and just did his job there and held the middle um, so seven for me and Brian Kelly yeah he did really well when he came in he held the middle one intercepted quite a bit of ball I think a seven um, fair play so a seven for Owen Lynch uh, good <coughs> good score to be getting coming off the bench in fact both of our subs so far great impact from the bench uh, we're going to move on now to Adam Flanagan came on at half time for Shane McEntee in the middle of the park Brian um, Brian Kelly um, I suppose midfield just didn't weren't 
as good as they were in the first half, and that may play a, a part. In, he was on a lot of ball now. He, Adam Vladimir was involved in a lot of, of, of play. He was. Um, the awfully midfield was a very mobile, athletic midfield, and they were just getting there that half a second before us a lot of time in the second half. And he was just getting hard to get into the game. Oftentimes when you come in at half time, you're coming in cold. You're after you're sitting into the dressing room for fifteen minutes, you're not really warming up. And he just I thought he got hard to get into the game as it wore on, so probably a six maybe. David Risman? Yeah. Just just a lot of or not a lot of, but a few misplaced passes and just kind of uh you know, mistakes from, from Adam and um he was probably brought on obviously for Shea McAtee because of the injury but with, with the view to probably contesting kickouts and that in midfield a little bit more and although he kind of did improve our side of the game in that aspect, you know, some of his passing was loose and that. Um so I think a six is a fair fair mark. And Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I, I agree with what the lads have said, but just on a side note, I, I always query it and it's something with all the sports science and investment You'd wonder, Niall Miner, who's with DCU and he's involved with Down, a few different county teams, he always queried why we warm up for nearly 40 minutes, half an hour before a game, and there's all this effort put in. So when the game stops, Adam Flanagan might go out and do a run with three, with two other lads, and every few minutes he's not really warming up. And then he probably knows he's coming on, but yet he stayed in the dressing room for 15 minutes. You'd wonder, why didn't he go out there with, a, with another sub and do his runs and do his warm ups as if he was starting the game? Yeah. And you'd wonder about the, the kind of initiative behind that. Like, he should be probably warmed up as if he was starting the match. So, you and Professor Mine are going to give Adam Flanagan a score of. Mm-hmm. I agree with the lads. I said six. six. No bother. It's, just, it's a general statement yeah, no, with the no, GA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is something that, you know, a lot of teams should look at um, is, is how they warm up. It's like some, some of the county teams this year had the exercise bike with them on the sideline. But so, Mead used to have them. So they did. Mead used but to see, have one in the dugout. See, Shane McEntee needed to go home with it and he brought the bike with him. So there was no bike. There was there was no there was no bike. You know what I mean? Like there was he had to cycle the exercise bike home, so that's why Adam Flanagan couldn't use it, sure. Uh, we're gonna move on anyway. So um Adam Flanagan ends up with a six for his uh, second half performance for me today. Uh, the next of our subs, Brian Kelly, is Sean Tobin, the Simonstown man. In fairness to him, he got injured early in the season. Um, and uh, missed the majority of it has worked really hard on his injury to get back into the team and uh, like he, he, he only made one substitute um, appearance in the league that was against Tipperary in the very first round got his injury has been out since hasn't played league final no league games played against Roscommon last week in a challenge and got his chance back today um, to get back into the team yeah, and in that challenge, he did really well. He was probably pushing very hard for a starting spot today and definitely fully deserving of getting a place back in the 26. When the game was in the melting pot and when your backs were to the wall, you needed leaders. And when Andy turned around to the dugout, who did he see but Sean Tobin? And that's the type of fella you wanted coming in. Experienced, cool head, coming on with a point to prove. I've been injured for most of the year. Mm-hmm. I want to nail down my spot here. I want to get on to that team. And he was the type of fella you really wanted. And it took him five minutes maybe to really get into the match. But once he got settled, he got his hands on a lot of ball. He used it well. And he was just really efficient on his time on the pitch. Had, he been, on, had he been on any longer, he was definitely a seven. But just because he got a shorter time, shorter six. Time. No problem at all. And David Risman? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think um, typical Sean Tobin cameo performance really coming off the bench. And got on a lot of ball and... and Worked his socks off, you know, and full credit to him for for coming back and, you know, to, to force himself back into contention with a performance like that. And 
Um, I'd, I'd probably edge towards a seven. I think he was excellent when he came on. Excellent. So we've got a six and seven. Kieran Flynn, he did have a good um, uh, impact when he came on. As Brian said, it took him a few minutes to get into it, but uh, used the ball well, set up Banty's score, uh, was involved in the goal as well, played the ball to Banty, I think, for the for the pass, as you said, into Brian McMahon. For the big and then out. turned over or, or put pressure on an awfully uh, uh, player defender going out of defence and made him kick it over the sideline for a, a, a mean sideline ball. So you let me rate him, but I think you're just telling me what I'm to just do. Giving you know? you, yeah, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you the facts no, before no, you I, decide to rate no, him. I agree with everything you said. I think I'd be edging more seven myself. I think it's great. I think this thing about the panel, we've said it so often. Like I think the, tonight Ben Brennan would be going to bed thinking... Like Sean Tobin actually come on and rattled a few. Like, and am I going to lose my space to him, or is Graham Riley thinking? Well, actually, I come on and did a bit. Can I take some? And Barry Dardis be thinking, or Thomas Riley? I think it's good that that a Ronan Ryan is being touched the ball. Ethan Devine, all these fellas yeah. to come into the team. I'm saying if I don't have a good week of training, really I might, I might drop out the 26. Yeah. Never mind. Ronan Ryan, Owen Lynch, all you know, like yeah. sitting on the bench waiting for their chance. And like the banty was the banty was probably allowed. He didn't get enough time. I know he's getting time and he's taking it. I yeah. think that's that's the hunger. There's great it. competition in this squad, and that's a brilliant thing. So it is. The last of the no, sorry, not the last, but we're going to go on to the next one. Uh, Graham Riley, David Rispin, um, came on and you know does what Graham Riley does when he comes onto the field. Yeah, he did have an impact. Um, probably not to the extent that the other guys might have had, but um, definitely you know it struck a bit of fear down the Offaly lads when they seen Graham Riley coming on, and he did a few of his trademark runs. Um, probably a little bit disappointed not to get a score off um off a good opportunity he had the drop short um and for me probably a six um probably wasn't on just long enough i think probably 15 minutes he got at the end or whatever but um look at graham riley is graham riley we all know what he's capable of and and i'm sure we're going to see plenty more of him this summer uh kieran flynn agreed and brian kelly yeah, um, he'd probably be a bit disappointed maybe not to score when he came on, but Graham Riley being on the pitch creates a bit more space for other players because everyone recognises he's a big scorer and threat. They, they they, 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 it takes maybe two to follow him. Or it does. Tightly, he's like, more tightly marked. Than someone like a James Conlon, they don't know him as much, so he gets a little bit more space maybe because Graham Riley's on the pitch. But overall, probably six. Yeah. yeah. No problem. So that's uh, the final player marked. The only other substitute that was made was uh, Paul Carn, and he came on a minute into uh, injury time at the end of the game. <coughs> but the good thing uh, about that is Paul Carn back yeah. in the fray and uh, fit. So again, making more competition for players than Skier and Fred. Uh, 10, yeah. I'll give him a 10. 10, grand, yeah. Yeah, yeah fully agreed. 10. <laughs> Yeah, no arguments. No arguments. Uh, well done to uh, Park Hand. Well, on a serious note, you're right, though. It is Man of the match great. for me. <laughs> it's, it is great to It's just to brilliant have to see him back. Because, again, this is your your wing-back position there. He's kind of maybe a link-up man that can carry a lot of ball. Like, we've got so many different players. And I saw something interesting on Twitter there during the week talking about maybe the traditional positions are kind of fading and moving away. That we kind of need to talk about more like your your man-marking cornerback, your, your wing-back that moves the ball, your link-up players... And we actually, I think, have, we have a good player in every position. And I think we're getting to a point now where we have a second player in every position or every type of player. I think it's great that a, like, if a Hernan wasn't really on the field at all, like, yeah. he's still only coming good. Like, and great. look, uh, at the end of the day as well, um, uh, it's a, it's a, the, the comp- we've, we've spoken about it already, the fact that like Ronan Ryan, so consistent through the league, didn't get his game there today. 
Um, another one, Niall Kane has to come back into mm. the fray. He's back training. Was hoping to make the squad today. Didn't make the squad. Para Karn and Owen Lynch. There's four unbelievable. Uh, but there's four unbelievable defenders mm. that uh, uh, and Mickey Burke. You could throw him yeah. in there. He could be a defender as well. Like so, there's unbelievable competition in that back line. Then you look at the forward line. Dara Campion, Sean Tobin, Adam Flanagan can go in midfield. Graham Wright uh, in midfield or forward. Graham Riley, James Conan, all not starting. Eaton Divine to be thrown in yeah. there as well. You've got cover in all positions and great competition. So, you know, I know a lot of supporters were kind of uh, like, not disappointed today, more disappointed that we didn't win by more, that we didn't perform to a higher level. I think it was all about winning today. And again, the supporters have to remember, we lost at this stage last year. We're continuing on in our our, our fine vein of winning form. Um, we ground out a result today when when our backs were against the wall. Um, and we have to commend these players on what they did today. I think. Um, yes, we'd like to see them shooting the lights out. Um, and putting these teams to the to the sword. But we're not at Dublin's level just yet, so we're not. And as you said earlier on. Wicklow gave Kildare a scare. Mm. You know, would you have ever thought that happening? No. And Derry, Derry gave, Tyrone, gave yeah. Tyrone a scare today. Um, Waterford gave Clare a scare yesterday. Tipperary were were, were um, overcome by, by Limerick. So, you know, a two-point victory... And Matney's nearly bet Simonson in the B-League during the week as well. Like, they nearly bet Simonson in the B-League during the week. <laughs> like, these are all things that you have to look at. Yeah. <laughs> just, just turn ups of the books. Do you know how Simonson won that game? I do. I, I wouldn't mind. He, he, I gen- do. he yeah. genuinely didn't tell me to say it. I just said, Mickey Brown's a good lad and he needs, he needs a shout-out. You didn't, even, you didn't even I haven't spoken to you about that no, Simon Simon I, just, I, I, I just know you're a good lad you need not, a shout out you know? I'm not going to mention it but if me they're looking for a free taker Corta and Beckham and Mode as well don't forget yeah, that yeah, too yeah, if you're looking for a free taker David Riswin and Mickey Brennan could front up your line I was after giving the most unbelievable speech there about about this team that we have in Mead and how we need to get behind them and then you have to bring it back and make it all about me one of my favourite Favorite quotes in sport: Al Davis used to own the Oakland Raiders. His his tagline for the Raiders was "Just win, baby," and that's all we did today. Just win. Just win. And uh, I suppose like uh, Brian or David, like, do you just want to get in on that? Like, you know, like I suppose haven't had time to to reflect on the game. You know what I mean? Like, and to think about it and to compare it to what's happened throughout the weekend with results. You know, every team is aiming for this weekend of the year mm. or next weekend the first weekend of their provincial championship you know so awfully <laughs> will be disappointed as well you know they're, they're not going to come up here going oh well look we were beaten by Mead so they're division one team but they're great mm. you know no uh, absolutely and when you seen them after the game they were distraught on the pitch they were they absolutely devastated because they gave it everything like Anton Sullivan there um, the centre forward was, was literally in tears after the game with his family and that and yeah, no, but like, it, was, like, it was great to see how much how much it meant to them. You know, and they put yeah. so much into the game, and the family were commending them. And like I heard, um, a mother saying to, to the to the cornerback for Offley, she says you couldn't have done any more. You know, you literally yeah. put everything in. 
And I suppose a few things, Mead were well off their best today. Yeah. Offaly played very well. To, oh, you know, far far beyond what they've been playing at, you know, so far this season. So well, like, if there's if there's a We Are, if there's a we are Offaly podcast out there and they're rating the Offaly players today, yeah. they'll all be getting nines. Nine, you know, yeah. and, and, and some of them maybe even tens. There'll be eight nines and tens. And Mead's... Our ratings are are, are are quite accurate and most of them are sixes or sevens and the odd eight and whatever. There was a good performance by a couple of players and we came away with a two-point victory. So it just shows you that, you know, um, like for us for for us to beat uh, Offaly when they were at their maximum today, you know, we had to be at a, an average of six. So it just shows you that there is more in the tank. It's... It, it, it's a good result you know and we're going to take it uh, it's the first round of the championship and you just have to get over the line and Mead did and we want to uh, the congratulate history, them the history books will, will say as well Offaly have well, tormented Mead teams after winning all Ireland's and people would go down and say <laughs> them Mead teams are some of the best in history yeah. yet a, a kind of maybe mediocre is a hard word but a, a lesser Offaly team knocked them out of the championship so you have to take championship football is two teams going hell for leather Hammer and Tom. that's just it like, it's not easy I know sometimes they say Dublin make light work but they struggled against teams in the past. It's just in recent years, probably some of the clubs have given up or counties have given up against them. Yeah, well, Mead, what they We're need to do there. now We're is just there. draw a line under that and say, we got the victory. We we have stuff to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're through to the quarterfinal of the Leinster. We're still in the Leinster Championship. It's great. So Mead take on Carlo in the quarterfinal of the Leinster Championship. It's in Tullamore uh, on Saturday the 25th at 7pm. So Saturday week. It's pretty final, it's pretty finalised, as we said already earlier on. And it's I don't just know. not in the right. It's just, <laughs> I just want to get a definition mm. of pretty finalised. But it's it's going to be Saturday the 25th. The time may have to be confirmed, but it, it's down at 7 o'clock for the moment in Tullamore. And we want to wish the Mead senior team and Andy McEntee all the best going into the quarterfinal at Leinster. Uh, in the hurling, the Mead uh, uh, hurlers will be playing Kildare in the Christie Ring uh, this Saturday and that's at 3pm in Newbridge again if you can get down to Newbridge it's Newbridge or nowhere um, and make sure you can get down to support the Mead Hurlers great to knock them out of the championship wouldn't it um, and then it would be absolutely brilliant to knock the, the current holders of the Christie Ring out the Mead Minor Hurlers they're in the Leinster Championship this Saturday as well uh, Brian Kelly but we don't have a time or venue confirmed yeah they're playing Antrim in a knockout game at the weekend but as of yet there's no fixture confirmed we'll it's pretty finalised but it's just, we don't know exactly we'll, yeah. we'll, know, we'll know on Monday <laughs> the definition we have to get in the official guide of the GA it's yeah, pretty finalised it's pretty finalised um, also just, just, also, <laughs> the Mead Miners are out on uh, Wednesday of this week. It's Wednesday night, 7pm in Park Tolchin against Wexford. We've said it already, yeah. the importance of that game. We want to get as many people out as possible. If Mead win it, they are uh, uh, practically qua- uh, qualified for a semi-final quarter-final. But um, they, do, uh, uh, they do need for Dublin to beat... Um, Waffly, Waffly in the just what we were thinking. <laughs> uh, like the good news there is there was a couple of lads missed out in the game last week through illness, and they should be back for this week. So the panel will be a bit stronger, and again more options for the management team. And young McGovern might do a bit better this week and score nineteen points. Yeah, so that, 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 he's in the Harland team. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, you do better and play football and score eighteen points. <laughs> <the football> team, <laughs> then. If you had one lad scoring eighteen points, you'd be grand. So you uh, lads, any other business? I suppose we go to Kieran Flynn and the county board. I uh, just, you know, that I will, that I will house draw. You know, yeah, has you to need be. to start asking. Me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep stealing your thunder. Yes. I know, but I just, I love that house draw. 
I'll let David talk more about it. Yeah, uh, Brian Kelly from the minor board. Have we got anything else that we want to bring um, up? There'll be under 16 football and Harland finals coming up in the next week to 10 days. So just keep an eye on social media for them and get out and support your clubs if they're in a the final. Brilliant. And David Rispin, uh, anything else you'd like to bring up? No, absolutely nothing. <laughs> just actually, just something small. Um, the Corton and, and Ulton's lads... Uh, are actually travelling down to Clonborough next weekend for um for a charity match. Yeah, get this down in writing. Whoa, 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 <laughs> hang on. Hang on, is this the beginning? Is well, this the we beginning? Have, we have to apologise. We didn't actually mention this last week at all. Yeah, yeah, we, we would like to apologise to everybody from Bohemian. <laughs> we didn't mention not. the ongoing amalgamation. We only yeah. ama- we only mentioned the amalgamation out there in a boy between uh, in Clon Clon yeah, with that boy and Rakair Rakan. What was it that boy? A boy and Rakan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tell us more about. Uh, I know it's a it's, it's a charity game for. Is Mad- it a cross border peace initiative visit of some sort between? Uh, well, the well let's hope it it doesn't turn into a you know something else. But <laughs> a bit like the Dairy Girls, is it? You know, <laughs> two sides of the community met up, yeah, isn't? Yeah. Is you going to have a good? You'll have a blackboard, will you? <laughs> where, where's the Where's the microwave, Captain Carton? Yeah. What? What what do people from Corton and St. Dalton's have in common? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> all. Junior football. <laughs> all right, go on. Anyway, you sir, what are you doing? You're yeah, doing yeah. Uh, Maliki O'Halloran, he, uh, he passed away last year and he'd have links to both clubs. Um, came up from the West, you know, years ago. So there's a lot of links actually between the both clubs, between Coins and um, Monroe's who came up from the West years and years ago to, to the Bortmain Paris. So we're going down to play Clumburn, a challenge for the Maliki O'Halloran um, Cup next Saturday. Um, so looking forward to that. Fantastic. Mm. That'll be some weekend away. So Absolutely. And there might even be a bit of flaking as well. Tickets are 500 euros at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Round one of the Masita Ladies Championship in the tr- County Truin last week and Simonson, Hammerts and Dalton's Oldcastle beat Sanchison narrowly by a pint. Dunbine defeated Boards Mill and Nafina eked out a victory over last year's intermediate champion St Michael's. And when is the next round of senior championship round, in Mead for the ladies? Round two is this week. Uh, seniors Wednesday. Not sure about the other grades. Probably game of the week is last year's finalists. Simonstown play Centralstown on Wednesday night and in who Centralstown. Are, who are you going to back? <laughs> yeah, who's going to win that one? <laughs> <laughs> who are you backing, Brian? Who are you backing? Who are you backing? Who are you backing? What's your prediction? <laughs> That remains to be seen. Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Oh, splinters, 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 splinters. Well, no. He's learned from his lads. He no. learned from his mistakes, lads. He's learning from his mistakes. And look, lads, thanks a million uh, for coming in to do the podcast as always. We want to thank our listeners as well. And don't forget to um, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, um, on Instagram, and, uh, um, you know, Watch out for. I presume that Glen Bay Homes are, are going to Glen Bay Homes. Sorry, are going to be doing uh, more social media work, uh, giving out more house draw tickets. Yeah, we will be indeed. Uh, you know the the couple of winners from April, but we're also having uh, player of the months from the Mead Senior Football and Hurlers. So um, the performances of the team will will continue so to be Gavin judged. Gavin McKay, hopefully. Yeah, Gavin McKay is probably a front runner and Brian McMatten from today, but you yeah. never know what could he happen. We end up playing the football for Navan McMatten. He's in a few years <laughs> if, he, if he gets a house in Navan. <laughs> he could. I mean, we could bring him to Simon soon, so he could. Uh, look again, uh, as we said, uh, that's all. Beg to point of saying that too. <laughs> that's all from us for this week, and uh, don't forget. We are Mead. Why it matters more.